everyone, and welcome to the SoCal Summer Swing Out Podcast. The music you are currently listening to is called Dances in the Night by Papa D, a fellow swing dancer, musician, artist, and friend. You can find all links for streaming, socials, and videos down below. Make sure to go and support him. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SoCal Summer Swing Out Podcast. My name is Andre, your host, and we have a lovely dear friend of mine. It is Albert He. What up, dude? Hey, hello. Thank you, Andre, for inviting me to be on the show. <laughs> You're very welcome, man. Now, some of you might know, some of you might know Albert from his many, many travels, which is the point of today's podcast. Do you actually know how many, how many events you've been to last year? Last year? Or maybe even just this year? I'm curious. This year? No, I, I actually haven't kept track. Um, if I sat down and spent some, maybe like a few minutes, I could probably count up all the events that I have gone to. Somebody did ask me, um, cause I'm about to turn 30 years old, uh, in February. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, have you, have you been to 30 events yet? Cause maybe that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. And after sitting there for a couple minutes, I was like, uh, no, by the time February comes around, I will have hit well over 30 events. Really? And this is over in the time span of about two years or so. I started traveling for dance events um, about earlier 2022-ish. Yeah, yeah. Actually, strictly speaking, uh, late 2021. But, I mean, I, I have a reason why I think of early 2022. Um, I can get mm-hmm. into that all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can definitely talk about that because... In my opinion, you're uniquely qualified to talk about the different scenes and the different events. And some of your Facebook posts were talking about like uh, Astrodeft events you liked and whatnot, because you've been to so many events. Right now, even. Yeah, right now, even you're not in California, right? Yeah, that's right. I am currently in Texas. Um, I just finished up Austin Lindy Exchange. That was this past weekend. And I'm visiting a friend um, in Texas. It's kind of an, another perk um, when you're traveling to be able to meet up with uh, friends. You know, some of them might have moved away after uh, college and some of them might have just moved away due to circumstances. Mm-hmm. And great opportunity to just also travel and see people that you've known before. That is a huge benefit. I will say this, speaking of like benefits, is seeing as you travel as much as you do i'm sure people are burning to ask like how are you able to do that how are you able to travel as much as you do right um the answer to that is kind of simple um the straightforward details are that i am an engineer and i work remotely um and my work hours and my work schedule is fairly flexible Mm -hmm. so not entirely tied to some sort of nine to five type thing. Um, I can be mm-hmm. in different zones and sure there are some restrictions on where I can go. Um, but for the most part, everything's pretty flexible. Um, I just, I have a pretty well-paying job and I have a flexible work schedule and yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about that. Dude, that that's actually like, so, eye-opening because i think that a lot of people want to like man i want to travel more but then how do i get there so if anyone is thinking about that like being an engineer that could be that could be a route to go i have a specific question though about like traveling for you because you said you started in 2022 i was curious like did you decide that you were going to travel a lot or how did how did that whole like i'm going to be traveling all the time come about All right, so it really didn't, strictly speaking, start in early 2022. Um, Really, it started in late 21. What Mm -hmm. happened was Camp Hollywood got canceled again um, for the second year in a row. Uh, Mm -hmm. It got in, you know, 20, obvious. And then it was canceled again in 21. But some other events were starting to make a comeback. So the first event that I actually traveled for, for Lindy Hop, was Lindy on the Rocks. Oh, that's in, okay. Right? And it's in mid-September, so 
um, a friend of mine, uh, Cami Asher, I was living in San Diego at the time and Cami was also living in San Diego. She told me, hey, you want to go to Denver? Because we were going to go to Camp Hollywood, but then that got canceled. So Lindy on the Rocks is happening though. So you want to go to Denver with us? I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Did that. Um, and so booked my flight, went on the uh, plane, arrived over there and danced in Denver for the first time. And it was my first time traveling a fair distance for a dance event prior mm -hmm. to the pandemic i didn't really travel all that much mm -hmm. uh, i was based in san diego and literally the only events that i had ever gone to before the pandemic was uh, camp hollywood in 2019 san mm -hmm. diego Lindy exchange which happened in the summer of 2019 and also mm -hmm. the um there was this Balboa event in Las Vegas. I forgot the name of it. It escapes me right now, but um, that was basically the, um, that was one out-of-state event that I went to. Um, and then there was also this New Year's event in Santa Barbara called Santa Swing at the end of 20. And there were some good people that went there also. Um, so those were like the, the handful of events that I had ever been to. And, um, it was also, I didn't really travel before that, uh, during mm -hmm. that time before the pandemic, because I was still relatively speaking new to dancing. I only started dancing in late 2018. Mm -hmm. And so it was only about a year and a half of dancing experience before the pandemic hit. And after the pandemic kind of lifted a little bit, I started thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, I can go to Liniana Rocks with Cami and other um, California people. And that that was my first experience going out and doing the things. And then I kind of got hooked to the idea of just traveling because I was at a point where um, I felt like I could grow from having these experiences traveling to states further away than, you know, just Nevada. And seeing what the world had, seeing what the rest of the United States had for me, um, for my dancing. Dude, that's, that's really cool that you started at like local events. And then when Cami brought you into the fold, now you just travel all the time. Uh, which, like, I wonder, what do you think is like some of the biggest differences between events? Because you've been to a lot, you probably see like the good things that events do or the common themes, what are some of those things that you notice some jarring things that were like right there in front of you? Hmm. So I personally don't think I'm a very particular person with how events are done. I am by and large the end consumer for these events. And as a result, I have my own personal experiences as a result of that position. There are people who have gone to events that are like organizers or, or who have worked on the event planning side of things and they would notice a lot of details about how events are run. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't have any of that experience and all I can really comment on is just whatever I could see and whatever was, you know, brought to the, uh, uh, the public stage, basically. So that's the perspective that I have. And I just want to, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Caution, but just like the disclaimer is that sure. I just have experience purely as a dancer. And I feel like a lot of your viewers would also appreciate that too. Yeah. 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 Um, so give us your thoughts on that then. Yeah. Um, there's lots of different kinds of events. And they, you can kind of group them into several categories. You can have like workshop weekends, you can have exchanges and you can, I, th I think those are it. Cause for the most part, they either have workshops, they either just have classes and stuff mm -hmm. or they're focused on dancing and music. Um, they can also have different sizes too. They're like really big events and then they're all like, smaller events for example lindy fest in houston is a rather large event and i went to lindy fest um this past year it was in march and there mm -hmm. were like several hundred people there and um, mm -hmm. it was almost overwhelming especially because i've never been to houston before 
didn't really have an idea what it would be like. Um, mm -hmm. And there definitely was a lot happening. There are like six different tracks for classes and there are lots of elective classes that you could do. They uh, had a big Apple workshop um, that they taught in just two hours. I was kind of surprised that you could teach the big Apple in two hours because it definitely takes a lot more than two hours to just be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Your first then there's also like smaller events. Like there's this one in Cincinnati in uh, earlier August, I think it's called mm -hmm. Cincy. And that was a, you know, it was an exchange. They did have a competition. I think it was kind of informal, but um, it was still cute. And it was still great to see some people throw down on the floor. That event didn't have more than 200 people. Maybe it was like 150, maybe even 120 or so. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a lot less overwhelming. It was much more intimate. I was actually able to dance with almost every follow over there. I'm primarily, I don't normal, I don't usually follow. Sometimes I do though. Um, so I would comment that at those smaller events, you feel like, it, it feels like more possible that you'll be able to dance with everybody and then you won't feel like you're missing out on stuff. And also exchanges like that, they try to show off a city also. So it wasn't just dancing at some, historic venue or some pretty looking place we also got to dance in the city center there was mm -hmm. like this nearby and uh we got to see some of the sites that was a lot of fun yeah uh i i think that that's really really cool that you went to cincinnati because that used to be like my 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 backyard because i was in indiana and i would dance i had a best friend who lived in cincinnati so the Ohio people are great people. They're really fun, huh? Yeah. It's kind of interesting, too. When I went there and um, told them I was from Los Angeles, some of them asked about you. And then <laughs> I asked you about some of those people. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a Sarah, Sarah Sertle over there in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I sent pictures between um, uh, to you and also to her. And it was just it's fun. To, it's a fun way to connect with people, too. You never know who your mutual friends are, you know? Yeah, and I <clears throat> I do have to say, like, some people dog on the Midwest, but the Midwest is a phenomenal place to dance. Like, that's where I learned, and the people there are so kind and so welcoming, in my opinion, which brings me to my question of, like, going to these different events, have you found certain areas to be, like, very community-oriented and super welcoming uh, than others? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would comment the general trend is the smaller the scene is, the mm. more intimate the experience is when you're when you're dancing with them, because it becomes more close knit. It becomes tighter yeah. knit. It's easier to connect with everybody when mm. you start going to scenes that are particularly large and it becomes mentally taxing or emotionally taxing to, you know, meet everybody who's there, then that's mm -hmm. where I feel there might be a little more of a disconnect. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that you still can't get a feeling of warmth or um, sincerity or anything like that from these larger communities. It's just that they kind of get broken up into smaller groups or smaller circles. Yeah. Yeah. And like, to people that are listening, like, I know this kind of sounds kind of clickish and whatnot, but to put it into perspective, these bigger scenes have been around for a while, and these people have known each other for, like, a decade, and so maybe this is the only chance to get to see each other as friends, so it's less of, like, oh, us versus them, it's just they're there to hang out with their friends on that day, but to your point, I want to hear your thoughts on the Denver scene, because Denver is by far one of the most welcoming scenes I've ever danced in, um, but I haven't been to Philly yet, and I, I really want to go. So give me your thoughts on Denver. I love Denver. Uh, yeah? <laughs> I was just in Denver. So last yeah. week was Lindy on the Rocks. Um, I mentioned that Lindy Rocks is a mid-September event. It's usually two weeks after Camp Hollywood or something like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Denver, I would comment, is about a medium-sized scene 
um, after going to Lindy on the Rocks, I stayed around for a few more days and then I went to their weekly dance. So on Tuesdays at this place called the Merc, short for the Mercury Cafe. Mm-hmm. And the weekly there probably had maybe, it was, uh, it's not more than 100 people, but you know, that space can't really fit all that many people anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked somebody there, hey, so are the numbers here kind of consistent for what a regular um, weekly dance here looks like? And they're like, no. Some people probably have skipped this, uh, this week's weekly because of Lindy on the Rocks mm-hmm. uh, presence in the weekend prior. Um, so there's there's some feeling to be had about what the size of the scene is. And then the next question is, well, what about um, the people there? And, you know, how's it? How do you like the dancing there? All the things that you're really asking me about. And I love it because there are some phenomenal people there. And there's also some incredible talent there also. Some people are up and coming. For example, there's this guy, Clay Busenich. Mm-hmm. He's actually mm-hmm. from Colorado Springs, but he drives up to Denver very often just to dance there. Um, and he's been dancing, I think two years or so. And he partook in the, uh, the amateur level of a Mexa match and he won first place nice and yeah so there's there's some quality people uh up and coming there and they're all you know friendly people great to hang out with i actually had ramen with uh clay during the weekend too he asked me for my advice about like traveling and all those things because he also knows mm-hmm. that i travel and he's also been doing a little bit of traveling himself too he's actually asked me for advice on uh beamtown for example which is all the mm-hmm. way over in the near boston then there's also other people like uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Kwan, who you've actually competed with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you ac- yeah, you actually uh, matched with her at the Camp Hollywood mix and match, right? Yeah, Colorado crowd went crazy wild. That was, they, they were so loud. It was amazing. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's nothing bad that I can say about the Denver crowd, really. Also, you know, Laura Keats over there too. So, yeah. Def- solid base for uh, for dancing i was gonna because i have a heart for denver as well because of staff and my sister lives there and stuff but there was i was curious like what do you think makes them so welcoming what is what is it that makes them like i apart from like the whole like it's a medium-sized scene and whatnot like what do you think really like drives brings people in from your perspective hmm so I think there's a level of authenticity that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, by authenticity, I suppose I mean that their uh, intentions are like straightforward and pure and genuine, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they all have their hearts set in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a small scene. It's not the largest scene either. Um, it really is kind of a medium-sized scene. Um, but they have their community mindsets um, in the right place, I think, because they don't just talk about Denver. They also talk about stuff that's happening in Boulder. Um, they talk about other events that's happening uh, around the area. They, they actually spent like a legit 20 minutes or so, maybe 15 to 20 minutes um, doing announcements during the mm-hmm. weekly. That's, that's actually not something that I've seen at the weekly dance is dances in many other places. I know at Atomic, we, we do have our round of announcements, but they're pretty short. It's like maybe five minutes or so. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot around Denver, and they, they try to announce that to everybody. And I think that's probably part of, at least part of the reason why it feels nice being there, because they they have a good community mindset. So, like, the community mindset, the authenticity, and the people, and cross-promoting events it sounds like they're very community oriented and they just promote everyone and it gives it a sense of unity would you say that's accurate i think that's right um i would also probably add you know the lack of ego in that Mm. scene another um important quality to that that makes me feel welcome there i think that's that's a good point to touch on because i know that they have like high caliber 
professional instructors there. And when I see Laura Keat interacting with all the other students or the people that she's teaching, um, it's it's kind of they're all just friends. They're homies. Like they bring the Colorado flag and they're like waving that at Camp Hollywood. You could tell that they were a group and they were together. They were united. And that I envy that so much, and I really appreciate that a lot for the Denver scene. Yeah. Um, do you think, in all your travels, is is there a scene second to Denver that you would say is kind of close to that? I mean, you're putting me on the spot. There's a lot of scenes that I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. The Denver people are gonna listen to this. They're gonna be like, "Yeah." Think about you, Christina. <laughs> uh all right i actually did write out a list of all the scenes that i have gone to so i could probably look at that list real quick yeah so mind because you've been to seattle you and i were roommates at focus you were yeah. in north carolina for um flying home yeah <clears throat> Yeah, uh, you know, Denver really does stick out. I'm looking at my list here, and ah, oh man the the only other the only other scene that I can think of that just felt really nice to me um, is oh man, okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two of them. So okay. there's an even smaller scene in Cincinnati, right? But when I was mm -hmm. in, when I was there for Cincy Hop, I just loved the feel of of their event. Mm -hmm. All the people there were just so nice, and even even there there are out of towners there also. There were some that came all the way from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. um, and there were some that came all the way from Texas also. Um, but it was just it was just so warm, and it was like actually it was very warm over there. It was very humid, mm -hmm. as it gets in early august in cincinnati um but i think um i really liked their scene i really liked how friendly everybody felt over there the other place that i would mention um is uh in oregon there is this town called eugene and oh. then there's other town called corvallis and in the year, last year, when I went to Northwest Belfast in Seattle, I met this gal over there. Her name is Bailey. Mm -hmm. And we were doing Balboa because it's Northwest Belfast. But at some point, I saw her doing a little bit of shag. I was like, oh, she does shag. And so it's like, hey, let's do some shag. And then we did a little bit of shag. And then it was great. And we did some Balboa also. And it was great. And then I walked away from that event thinking, oh, man. Uh, what a nice, lovely event to do Balboa mm. and Shag. Shag is my favorite. Balboa comes a close second. And then Lindy is by and far kind of the third place. <laughs> if me, then you know that that's a fact. Um, mm -hmm. I met Bailey again in, uh, actually, no, it wasn't just Northwest Belfast. Before that, it was Camp Jitterbug. That was also in Seattle. I met Bailey mm. there. I did Shag with her. And then, and then I met her again in Northwest Belfast and I didn't recognize her. And she was like, you remember me, right? I was like, no, sorry. I'm sorry. And, she like, um, and then I saw her again at Camp Hollywood. Um, and I remembered her this time. And then I told her, hey, by the way, I'm going to Eugene for a track town throwdown. And she was just elated. And then I also got to meet a lot of the Oregon peeps in Eugene. Eugene is, I think, the second largest um, city in... Oregon out uh, after Portland, like mm -hmm. I was doing a little weird flashy light thing. Um, and when I went to Eugene and I did track down throwdown, um, Anthony Chen and Irina Amzashvili were teaching there. Um, I got to meet a lot of the Eugene folks and the Corvallis folks, and it was another small event, but it was just so warm and welcoming and I loved um meeting all the people there I got to meet Nika Nika mm. Jin probably it's one of the big names from coming from that region uh she's a great solo jazz dancer and she's a phenomenal dancer overall um I got to meet 
all those people there and it just it just felt nice you know it was just, i don't know what to say man it's just, it's no 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 you're you're i think you're hitting the nail on the head and i sense a theme with all these places that you're talking about the theme is that you meet uh quality people like high quality good people not good dan like yeah they're great dancers and stuff but like as a person they are good people and they connected you with other people and then that's how when you go to a scene you feel like really welcoming you know for example yeah, yeah you mentioned Steph who's she's an amazing connector and like connects with everyone she makes anyone feel welcome Sarah Sertle she's a very dear friend of mine that I've known for over a decade and then it sounds like this uh, Bailey person is pretty pretty yep. cool as well so you'd yeah you'd say like the people definitely make or break like how welcoming a scene or an event is yeah I absolutely agree I think the people that you meet along the way they definitely contribute a lot to your experience it's not just with dancing you know it could be your job it could be your classroom your your classmates you know if you have people around you who aren't contributing to your experience and really just being a detriment if they're being um mean or if they're being dumb about their interactions you know it they that can definitely put a damper on things and it's mm -hmm. you really have to have quality people around to make the experience feel good you know mm. yeah dude i i hear you on that i remember the first time i moved to socal and um i was really nervous because it's you know the atomic ballroom the, the atomic ballroom now i'm like oh yeah this is home but i remember walking and be like damn this is this is the place and one of the first people i danced with you know her erin runner runner erin yeah um, Aaron. <laughs> yeah 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 so i she was like the first person i asked to dance because she seemed like a kind person you know and I asked Amy Merwin to dance too. And those two were like the first two people I ever asked to dance. And I'm so glad too, because damn, it was just, it was a nice, it was a nice introduction into the atomic scene. Although I kind of have this idea someday where I'm going to put on like a, like a bunch of prosthetic makeup and stuff and then not, and then be completely unrecognizable go to atomic and just see how it feels just to be like a brand new person at atomic and or at another scene i've had like an idea to do that at some point but just uh just a thought for any of the listeners or anyone if you see someone who's my height walking into your dance <laughs> <laughs> with a big uh, with a big beard <laughs> um, you could shave the beard <laughs> that i could that i could uh so since we're talking I, about I do want to comment on that because I do relate yeah. to that I relate to that experience of like going to a new place and not knowing anybody and just trying to be a completely new dancer because you've been you've been dancing a fairly long time I think it was well over 10 years at this point I think right so, yeah. yeah I've been I haven't really been dancing that long I'm actually coming up on my five-year mark but um I've been dancing in SoCal almost the entire time and I thought to myself, I wonder how I would fare or, you know, how it would be like to go to a completely new place and dance at this place and not have anybody know me. I wonder what that experience would be like. And, you know, that's something that I do want to talk about because there are some um, considerations to take into account when you do travel. And this is something I do want to bring up also for early 22 when I first mm. started traveling solo to my dance events um mm -hmm. when i mentioned traveling to lenny on the rocks in late 21 um that was kind of the start of my whole travel to other places to dance kind of journey but that was with people that i knew mm -hmm. so i had a home base to stick to i kind of had a circle that i could stick to in case i felt like weird or whatever same thing for Hot Rhythm Holiday in 22. Um, I went with a few, I went with people that I knew that were going to be there. Um, there's a lot of people from California that would go to Hot Rhythm Holiday. But it wasn't until um, late March, early April or so, that's when I went to Hard Knocks in Knoxville, Tennessee. And mm -hmm. I got to 
see what it was like to dance in a completely different place, not know anybody, or just know very, very few people. And, you know, just go on that sort of uh, independent journey. So yeah. I, I don't know if you want to take this conversation out because it sounded like you had another point you wanted to bring up. No, I think that what you're saying is so true, though, because there are people listening to this podcast who do travel and maybe they don't have that foundation, that that friend group or that base of people that they can go. An example is like in between classes or after the class or before the dance, going to eat. I know that there are some people who go to events and they travel solo and they don't have their group with them, so they go eat by themselves. But one of the things that makes events so like rewarding and well and like memorable is when you spend time with other people. So I guess this is kind of like a, um, a PSA, I guess you could say, right? It's like if you see someone who's at an event and they may be like by themselves or new. I think it's a great idea to be like, hey, you getting food? You want to get food with us? You know, because that could add to their experience as a, as a, uh, either a new dancer or someone who's traveling to your scene for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we we're talking about how like people travel to a new place by themselves, and sometimes you can travel with other people, and how the logistics of that work. Because you and I have been roommates before at some events. So talk to me about your thoughts on traveling with other people and like knowing yourself and all of that right um so knowing yourself uh goes a long way in how you'll get your experience at a particular event um for example my personality when it comes to traveling i i tend to mesh well with most people but i do have a few ways that i go about traveling that just that's just me, basically. Like, for example, to touch upon the whole, how am I able to travel to so many events? Well, let me tell you, I like to look and book well in advance of the event, make sure that I can find cheap flights and mm-hmm. make you public transportation so I'm not, you know, using Uber and Lyft to get everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that I live, I definitely don't live a cheap lifestyle, but I try to be frugal where I can. Be, um, so that I can have some sort of uh, self-preservation um, when it comes to traveling so much. And that's one of the ways that um, I've been able to travel so much because I don't flagrantly spend all my money. That's that's one thing that's come to mind. Another thing, well, I guess another thing in addition to that, tangential to that, is there's going to be expenses when you travel like there's food expenses um Mm. eating out all the time does your place have a kitchen where maybe you can do a little bit of cooking or can you go to a grocery store and just stock up on supplies like gatorade or granola bars or even fruits because yeah those are those are important things to consider um and if you're eating out a lot maybe you're eating out with friends and maybe your friends might be in a better financial situation or they might just want to be eating out all the time and then you have to make a decision for yourself do you want to be eating out all the time would you rather Mm. at home and then speaking of friends that you're traveling with speaking of people that you're around do you mesh well with them when you're spending a lot of time with them because Mm. when you you go to a weekly dance you only see them there for like a few hours that you're there but when you're traveling together when you're rooming with them it's a uh, it's kind of a different story. You have to actually ask yourself: Can you room well with these people? Because it's not just a few hours now. It's going to be forty eight, seventy two hours. Are going to be with them? Do you, you like to have peace and quiet when it's sleeping time, or do you also like to party and down <laughs> or pregame or postgame um, stuff like that? So. These are all very important considerations. And I, it, I, like I said, I mesh well with most people. So Andre, you shouldn't feel guilty that you love to go <laughs> when I room with you. I want to mention that I always feel guilty for anybody who rooms with me because I snore loud. And Andre, you've heard my snoring. But also, luckily, yeah. you and you also snore too. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I can work it. Um, other people snoring and stuff like that 
No, no, no. You you and I are on, on the same page. That's why it works so well. If I'm ever traveling to an event, I think, oh, is Bert going? If it's a hotel event, well, then I already know who I'm going to ask for room with me, right? Because it, it it works out so well. Plus, I have to say, you have been so kind with all the parties that I've, I have thrown. And that, that is uh, that is very, very kind of you to do so. Because what we did, it was Lindy on the Rocks. We did Lindy Focus. And then there was like two others where I think we had parties. But just so everybody knows, I don't throw wild parties all the time at every single event. That is, <laughs> that is, that is not true. But Bert's been to enough of my parties where, you know, I'm respectful, you know, and I make sure to take care of stuff at the end of the day. For example, this past Camp Hollywood, I was wild. I was probably the wildest one yet. But I want to touch on like what you said about traveling with other people because it is very true. When you travel with other people, it makes or breaks your weekend because the way people do logistics and the way they make decisions impacts you because it's no longer just you by yourself. It's who you're around. And so it's nice when you travel with um, with people because then you know how they work. For example, I already know that with you, um, you like to take your time when you shower in the morning. And so for me, I know that, all right, let me just jump in, shower quick, and then give Bert his uh, 45 minute shower time, you know? And so that kind of stuff, that kind of synergy is important. If anyone's thinking about traveling, like just knowing who you're traveling with. And if you're traveling by yourself or with other people, I, or yeah, if you're traveling by yourself in your room with a random person, that could also that could also work out well. What have you found to be like the most um, enjoyable thing about traveling solo? Traveling solo is nice because I get to make my own plans and I don't mm. feel attached to anybody. I have the freedom and flexibility to decide my time. That's something that's actually incredibly important to me. My time is important to me and how I choose to spend it is important to me. Mm. If I am traveling with, if I am rooming with people and I feel obliged to be with them uh, the entire time, trying to make plans with people sometimes can be a headache, sometimes not, but oftentimes the more people that are involved, it becomes kind of like an N squared problem because there's just mm -hmm. something you have to check with um what time are you available maybe you're in different tracks maybe you have food restrictions that you have to be wary of or food preferences and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, yeah i think i i think that answers your question right traveling sold the it's having that freedom to choose how i want to spend my time now granted some people don't know how to how to spend their time mm. some people know what they want to do and some people rely on having that group dynamic to kind of decide those choices for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes that can be fun too, trying just going with the flow. But at the end of the day, you are still, for uh, better or worse, you're stuck with yourself. So at least having a base plan of what to do in case you are alone, I feel is important. Yeah, yeah, I agree because I I don't think that I've traveled completely solo um yet. I went to ILHC 2021 when it was in Washington DC and that was I think one of the few times where I'd actually traveled by myself, but that's when I like injured my ankle on Friday night and couldn't dance the rest of the weekend. Um so that that wasn't a great experience, but this coming month in October, I'm traveling a lot solo too. So I was asking mainly for like me, <laughs> but I was curious on that front. Like what is this? This is going to go towards like the question that we have, I have at the end, but what's your advice to anyone who will be starting to travel solo? Hmm. Have a base plan. Like, have an idea of how you're getting to all the places that you're going to go to try to map out and schedule like when, where you want to be whenever and wherever that is. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you do have to make some sacrifices. Maybe you do have to take a lift, an Uber, 
maybe you can reach out to people and ask them for some support if you need a ride to a place. Mm. Uh, it's, I feel like having that sort of baseline plan is essential because yeah. anything else on top of that, any support you can receive along the way is a bonus and any friends you meet along the way and plans that you make with them, you know, if things do work out, then that's just also a bonus. Um, oh yeah. Having that sort of baseline plan is important, but it does require, it's not an easy process because it does require you to know things about yourself. It does require you to um, be open to change and mm -hmm. accept you do also you also have to accept that there can be mistakes along the way because maybe some logistics part didn't work out or maybe some things didn't pan out the way that you had hoped but it's it's just going to be a process and the more you do it the better you get at it it's like any muscle that you're working out um mm -hmm. and i encourage people to at least at you know, do a little bit of traveling and try to travel independently at least a couple of times so that you can learn um, for yourself what kind of person you are when you go traveling. Because I learned a lot about myself when I first started traveling solo. Like I mentioned, um, the event in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, I learned that um, in addition to, you know, what kind of dances I like to do and what kind of um, music I like to listen to when I go dancing. Um, I learned that I am a person that likes to adhere to a schedule, likes to have a plan going um, forward. And I like to not dilly-dally so much and waste a lot of time sitting around. I ended up finding other people that were like-minded and I actually jived very well with them. Mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's that's solid advice. I mean, I think that ties into some of the stuff you mentioned before of knowing yourself, knowing whether you're someone who's planned and scheduled, or if you're someone that's like, oh, yeah, I'll just do whatever, right? And then being able to, if you're traveling with a group, especially, being able to be fluid with that, all of that, because the San Diego crowd um, tends to be like, kind of, of both, sort of, you know, and we all kind of just move and meld as needed which i think is important when traveling together that um being said before we go into the the wrap-up stages is there anything else that you want to expand on that we talked about already or anything new that you wanted to bring up mm, i think we covered all the parts that i really wanted to talk about um Just, you know, yeah, no, I, I think I think we um, I guess I just want to reiterate that when you travel, you learn more about yourself. And then you also just meet all these wonderful people along the way. Mm. Get hold hands with all of them. It's, it's <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> never know what kind of what kind of people you'll meet along the way unless you go out there and you meet them. And then once you've done enough traveling, you become recognized. <laughs> mm. A lot of people. Yeah. know. Um, yeah dude uh maybe i guess this also just ties into like knowing yourself but one thing that i want to personally mention about my dance experience my my journey when i was traveling is that i tried to stick to things that made me unique um mm. for my bits i had i knew I had the self-confidence to recognize that even when I'm traveling to a place that I'd never been to before, I had some qualities about me that were unique. For example, the type of Lindy hop that I do is LA style Lindy, which typically mm -hmm. involves counterbalance and has a different look and feel. It's not that I can't do the other styles of Lindy hop, the Savoy style, for example, but it is something that makes me stick out a little bit. Also, mm -hmm. I pride myself on loving shag um there are a lot of people that love shag and you'll meet a lot of you you will also meet people who think the same way um depending on what you think your unique qualities are and then you'll jive with them like mm -hmm. i've met a lot of do shag and i they're just like great people and they are important people to me 
And when I go to a dance event, I can always look forward to, or in a, in a particular area, like in the Pacific Northwest, for example, I know to look for Bailey. And I know that I can find, um, always uh, have a good shag dance with her. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It helped me feel a little less insecure about myself when I went out to dance, because I'm not the best dancer, but I also know that I'm not the worst dancer. And even then, I have other qualities that I can bring to the dance that make me stand out, make me feel unique, make me uh, more secure about my presence in a mm -hmm. dance. And that's that's gone a long way for me. I think I think yeah. that's... Yeah. It's, a, it's a big growth experience, I think, traveling. And it's a very rewarding experience, like you said, too, because you get to meet a lot of fantastic people. It's incredibly validating too, you know, mm. all the about yourself, but also when you can also have experiences that uh, make you think differently, you know, maybe you wanted to go and do a competition because you thought you're ready for it. And then you go out there and then you uh, kind of trip on the way and you don't have a good showing and that's okay. That's all part of the growth experience. Mm -hmm. You like, we'll make some mistakes along the way too. And it's all a part of growing. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that growth piece, I think, is something that people can very much relate to. That being said, let's go into our last three questions of the podcast. So uh, the first question is very on topic here. It's where are you traveling to the rest of the year? We only have a <laughs> few months. I'm curious. Where are you going? So currently, I am on this six-week trip. Um, I have lined up six consecutive dance weekends, um, started by going to Denver at, for Lindy on the Rocks. Now I am mm -hmm. in Texas. Uh, I was just at Austin Lindy Exchange, and now I'm visiting a friend. My next stop is Chicago for Great Lakes Balboa Escape. After that, I go to New York Lindy Exchange, New York City. Then I'm going to my first international event, Barcelona Shag Festival. Ooh. Then I fly back to the States and then I'm going to make this little stop over in Richmond, Virginia for I Heart Bow. I'm really looking forward to that one because it's an exchange. I love exchanges and it's Balboa. I also love Balboa. And then after that, at some point I figure out how to get home. I haven't exactly uh, booked my return flight yet. I'm going to mm -hmm. figure that out. As for the rest of this year, um, there's a couple of events in November, November that I'm going to. Um, there's one for Fall's Sake in, I believe it's Durham, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then the week after that is Hot Jazz Jamboree in Denver again. So I'm going to be visiting Denver very often. Um, then there's Snowball at the end of the year. The New Year's event that I'm going to is Snowball. It'll be my first time going to Snowball. It'll be my second international event. Damn, dude. I'm going to see you in Chicago. Oh, sick. You're going to Great Lakes? Yeah, yeah. My best friend. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm uh, sinking my teeth in some Balboa this year. That is that is one of my goals. Very good. Uh, all right. So now the other question is if people wanted to like follow your 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 travel journeys or whatnot, where could they see that? Uh, hmm. For the most part. I've been doing this thing where every airport I go through, I will do a Facebook post. Uh, mm. It's it's almost borderline obnoxious how much, how many posts I have made just talking about all the airports that I go through. But I usually detail which event I'm going to. And I also have closing thoughts on the events that I was just at um, when I'm flying mm -hmm. to my next destination or when I'm flying back. Um, I also post on my Instagram a little bit, uh, but my Instagram tends to be more, um, varied in content. Um, recently I've been getting into this thing called Aerial Silks. It's a circus art. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been focusing a lot of my Instagram attention on that because it's like the next cool, it's the next challenging, cool thing for me to work on. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm always of the opinion to be working on something. Um, so my Instagram 
is where you would see that sort of content. But I do post dance content every now and then. Most often when I go into a jam circle because the band is throwing down and people are throwing down, I will try to post some uh, a clip of me doing shag in there if I get a chance to get in there. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right, yeah. dope. And then the last question that I ask all of my guests is, what is a message you want to leave to any swing dancers that are listening? Hmm. You did warn me about this one. Um, hmm. I want to say, you know, don't be afraid um, to make mistakes when you go about doing your thing, right? It doesn't have to be dance. You know, it can be literally anything that you're doing. Um, if you are afraid to make mistakes, you never grow past a certain point. You never get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. and I say life is an adventure. So, you know, get out there. Go do it. Go do the things. Get out there and go do the things. Yes. Love it, dude. That actually is on brand for you. Doing yes. how much you travel. Yes. Um, well, in terms of all the links that, uh, all the things that, um Bert was talking about I'll put all of those down in the description below things like Denver scene uh CLX all that kind of stuff it'll be down there as well as his Facebook and whatnot um but Bert thank you so much for being on the show man yeah thank you for inviting me sure thing man I will see you in Chicago everyone else don't forget to rate us five stars subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram <laughs> do all the things <laughs> and uh yeah thank you all so much and bert don't go anywhere after i stop recording but everyone else have a good one bye so one last thing i also wanted to bring up for all y'all listening you're great <laughs> nice <laughs> nice <laughs> Thank you for listening. The music you are currently hearing is called Dances in the Night by Papa D. You can find all its links down below. Till next time. Don't lose hope, trying to stand tall, trying to give a sense of yours the best that you got cause. Every time that they hear this sound, that music gets the feet above the ground. Time just seems to stop in it. to be a